Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into the Talking Out Loud Rapid Reaction podcast, the very first in the Rapid Reaction series, where we come to you guys straight after the Dayton game to basically give you our fieriest takes that are on my mind because oftentimes I write recaps after the fact or maybe the next morning when the dust is settled. And honestly, what that creates is a, um, a culture of lukewarm takes. And we don't want that. We don't want sensibility. Uh, we don't want middle-of-the-road type of sentiment. We want it hot. We want it steaming. We want it right off the stove. And so here we are, 20 minutes off of the Dayton Flyers' 1-0 start to the season, recording to you our rapid reaction. I'm joined tonight by Blackburn and Drew. Boys, before I bring you into the program officially, I wanted to recap the game just a little bit. The Flyers jumped out to a huge lead, making their first eight shots from the field and took a five-point lead into halftime at 38-33. They then jumped on Eastern Illinois to the tune of 10-0 to start the second half, opening up a 15-point lead. That'd be 30, uh, sorry, uh, a 15-point lead in the second half. That would be 48-33. And then they did very little with it. The rest of the way, the Flyers scored 18 points and they surrendered 30 to Eastern Illinois, leaving them with a three-point victory that mercifully came down to one final shot by Eastern Illinois, I believe with about five seconds left. Boys, I'm going to open the floor up here. Blackburn, I'm going to let you in first to to give you uh, a chance to kind of air things out. I have many things to say, but the floor is yours for the rapid reaction. I mean, Sully, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, Let's open the floor for discussion right now. Let's get get to it. Get to it. All right. That's why we're here. This is the most obvious starting point uh, of any discussion in the history of mankind. Christian Wilson tonight. uh, Sully, how many minutes did he get? (laughs) Um, Okay. So right after I'm looking at the ESPN thing and they don't have the minutes up right away. Let me take a look if I can find it here. See, this is what you get with the rapid reaction. Um, let's let's just say 15 is yeah. too many. Whatever he had, it was too many. So, you know, I'm watching a game and he comes in the first half and that's already kind of kind of mind-boggling. And then you're, you're thinking in your head, well, maybe Grant's sending a message to somebody. That's what I thought. Uh, you I know, like, oh, sending a message. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think, I don't know. I, I don't know if AG really works that way. I don't know if he's a head game kind of guy. He doesn't seem like it. Okay, but, 13 uh, minutes. 13, 13 minutes. minutes. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more curious to, to, to your guys' take on this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, the, the, the kid just, and this isn't a knock on the kid at all. You know, your number's called to go play and God bless the kid for getting, uh, 13 minutes tonight in the opening game. But uh, if Christian Wilson doesn't figure in your long-term plans, right, then this is just an absolutely head scratcher for me. I, I, I don't know how you guys see it, but I'm just dumbfounded that this happened tonight 
Drew, before I switch it over to you, I was laughing right before I got into the the stats right here because when I pulled up the stat sheet, Ken Palm has the minutes uh, right away, and it's 13 minutes. And for those that don't know, after a game's played, Ken Palm has an offensive rating that it assigns to a player. Oh, boy. 100, 100 is generally an average offensive rating. If you're above 100, you had a good game. If you're into, like, the 140s, 150s, you had a great game, Okay. Drew, take a stab at what Christian Wilson's offensive rating was tonight over 13 minutes of play. Was it lower than his number of 53? It was. Oh, my God. Was it 12? Close. It was zero. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't think I've it ever seen literally, that before. It was literally zero. He logged 13 minutes, was involved in 8% of the possessions. He took one shot and missed. He had one turnover. He made a steal, and he had a foul. That was good for an offensive rating of exactly zero points drew the floor is now yours tough scene first off um i the only kind of explanation i can gather is that guys either aren't healthy or guys are in the doghouse um that's about the only logical explanation that i can think of of christian wilson playing 13 minutes and giving us an offensive rating of zero but it's a it's certainly a strategy uh for one uh just to keep going off of uh this Christian Wilson thing. I don't know if like the situation with Brea is or if anyone else, but I kind of agree. Like if he's not in your long-term plans, what exactly are you gaining from this outside of getting guys a spell or a quick breather? But if you're getting guys spells and quick breathers, he's not playing 13 minutes. So it kind of doesn't really add up, but I think it's something that we'll learn more as, you know, days go on. And this, this reminded me of a couple of years ago, you guys might remember the Duquesne game, which was like the first game of conference play in 2018 in uh, Grant's first season. And he played Joey Gruden, who friend of the podcast, and he listens to a lot of these shows. So I'm not throwing stones. But Joey Gruden checked into the game in Duquesne and the whole fan base was like, what in the world is going on? Why is a walk on on the floor? And to back up and, and again, just keep it as fair as we possibly can. When walk-ons come in the game, it's not the fact that they're on the floor. It's that it's hinting at deeper-seated issues in the team. And that's why people get so um, so worked up about stuff like this. Like, for example, <clears throat> Bobby Worley in 2015, no one was really up in arms about him seeing the floor because Dayton quite literally had no one else. When Joey Gruden came in in 2018, when... Christian Wilson comes in on opening night when you're supposed to have five guys to play off your bench. The concern is the five guys on the bench, not the fact that he's on the floor, because if he's on the floor night one, that says somebody's hurt. Maybe someone's academically ineligible. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. Okay. Or it just says that you didn't see enough from these guys that, that they would be ready. All of those things are concerning for us when we really thought that this was supposed to be such a deep team. And here we are, like you know, Blackburn just mentioned, first half, okay, maybe you send a message. Comes back in the second half and you go, wait, 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 wait a second. What are we doing here? And, and I am the furthest thing from a guy that gets fired up after game one. That's just not, that's not my bag. I even went on Twitter today. I said, let's back up a little bit. <clears throat> let's not do the hot takes. It's really hard to be concerned about anything through one game, but man, it's, it's pretty hard to not be concerned about something like this, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously this is a glaring kind of 
a light being shown on to the the lack of depth on the bench. I would I would have to say. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, guess. I don't know how else you put it out there. I mean, uh, Suzuko came in; he didn't really do much. Uh, Blakely, uh, you know, I like his body. He's he's lanky. Uh, that's nice. Uh, I thought he could have got he got he could have got some more minutes. But you know, the big picture issue here is that you're already playing a, a protracted non-con schedule, right? Dayton's got what five non-con six games? games? Six now. games, five left. They they have five games plus the one they added here. Yeah, so six games total. So this is the time of the year when you want to get your your newcomers in and you know get them some experience, um, let them flow, see how they flow into the offense. So uh, again, I'm just even if even if every freshman keyed your car, you you still got you you can't play Christian Wilson 13 minutes. And look, I'm not sure this is true or not, but it might be. I think he might have been on the floor when the game was over. I mean, he was in there the last minute. I believe that was true. Which is, I believe that was true. Which is the most insane thing I, in a close game, mind you. This is a game Dayton won by three. You know, this wasn't a blowout where you're sending a message to kid about not going to class, not working in practice. Um, and again, you know, this isn't a knock on, on the Dayton media, but we're, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get a straight answer on this at all it's going to be forgotten about. And um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what, what's going to happen on Saturday now. Like this, this is, um, this is, uh, it's upsetting to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a grown man. You're very yeah. upset right now. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, the, the thing is, and, and I think Sully hit the nail on the head, it's game one, right? Dayton has a history of coming out of the gate slow. And also look if, for better or for worse, people were to have last year still in the back of their mind. They're not going to let go of that team and what they accomplished last year. But again, this is obviously a different team. I mean, we know that from the get go, and I, I think tonight was kind of kind of a good 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 moment for people to kind of go, oh, okay, it's time to move on. You know, the yeah. train the train's kind of stalling here. It's not yeah. really rolling. It's not rolling as hard this year. Yeah, I de- and that was the point that I was going to make is that I think if this game, if you're going to take one thing away from this game, is that this ain't last year's team, and get that out of your head. Like that's not the team that is going to be taking the floor night in and night out. They're going to be a completely different product than what we saw from last season. So it's going to take a little bit of time. And that's why, you know, it's very, it can be very easy to come on here. And, you know, I definitely have gripes that I'll get into, but I'm not a lot of problems with you people, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not going to, to panic, like just relax, like relax a little bit. And it's game one Dayton beat, the last year's team that people were so infatuated with, we beat Indiana State by five in the opener. So, yeah. you know, if there, if you want to take any solace, if you want to spin zone, there you go. You know, we won the opener last year by five. And Dayton, historically, has not been very good in openers, especially in Anthony Grant's tenure. So let's, let's, let's give on. our listeners – Let's let's definitely move on because we're in the 2021 season. Um, but let's give our listeners a deep breath. I'll let you guys take a deep breath and let's do some trivia, boys. Because I know that no pro- podcast, rapid reaction, you know, post game, regular episode, which are on Thursdays. Tune in for the talking out loud. Uh, Ryan Mikesell is going to be on as well as the mayor of Dayton. My shameless plug. Anyways, everybody take a deep breath. Let's do some trivia. Boys, I told you before the show that we had to back up all the way to 2017 um, season. This would have been uh, November of 2016 to find the last game that the Flyers won by double digits to open the season. My question to you was, 
who did the Dayton Flyers beat by double digits, and who was the leading scorer that night? Blackburn, you go first. Oh, my God. I will say... I mean, this could be fucking anybody. Uh, well, the hint here is that uh, it's an Ohio Valley Conference team. Uh, is it? Oh, my God. Is it? <laughs> you're, racking, you're racking your brain for Junior! I'm trying to think, dude. It wasn't Indiana State, right? No. Was it Ooey Pooey? No. No, it was not. Drew, do you know who the team was? I'm... What was the year? It was the 2017 season, November of 2016. This would have been to so open the, the 16, year. 16, 17 season. Eastern Kentucky? Did they play them that year? No, it's in Kentucky though. Damn it! Uh, oh no, I lied. I lied. It's in Tennessee. I lied. Um, you guys suck. It's Austin P. Who was the leading P. scorer? Charles Cook. There it is. Nice. You yeah. got it. You got it. Uh, so I brought this up because we were scrolling back to find out the last time the Flyers lost by double digits to start the year, and I stumbled upon this game thinking it was the Ryan Mikesell game, but indeed you had to go back another year. Ryan Mikesell has just been with the program for just so long. Um, but Charles Cook had 31 that night. I remember that game. He was 5 for 10 from downtown and 6 for 7 from two-point land, 4 for 5 from the free throw stripe. That's some great work from Charles Cook right there putting up 31 all right let's get back to it let's get back to the carnage here boys <laughs> um you know the, the wilson thing is obviously the most glaring um the, the most glaring concern uh, but I, i'm gonna put this in the spin zone real quick the first eight minutes were pretty much exactly what the best case scenario is for the dayton team and what i mean by that is the ball was moving quickly uh, they had a lot of great spacing and they were getting shots at will good shots and they were making them. Okay. Not only that, but chase Johnson was pulling out, hitting three pointers pretty much to start the game. All right. And chase Johnson, we're going to get to him in a second, but he basically reminds me of when you play a pickup game, you guys have all done this before where you play a pickup game and you got like, let's say uh, you're going eight guys are going four on four and the tallest guy on the floor, let's call him Chase Johnson is six foot nine. Everybody else is like six foot three and under. They're just normal dudes. And then the, you pick up Chase on your team and he insists on taking the ball down the floor every time. That's what he reminded me of in this game tonight, where he's a six foot nine forward, six foot eight, whatever the hell he is. And he could not be bothered to get down in the post and bang. He doesn't want to rebound. He's very disinterested in it. And I, I just kind of looked at him and I'm like, hey, do you know how large you are? Or because I don't know if your best use is going to be out here on the perimeter with three other guys that can shoot the ball. But sure enough, there he was out on the perimeter making threes. Blackburn, my question to you is Chase Johnson making threes is absolutely electric for our offense. And I I start to think like, what could our offense be if we can space the floor with four guys who can shoot the three and then cycle in any, you know, any guy down low at the five, the center position. Is that going to be a detriment to UD's offense or a help? Because he literally could not have been more disinterested in rebounding and banging down in the post. I mean, I think it's going to be a detriment in the long run. Um, and, you know, another thing I kind of wanted to discuss real quick was, you know, the, the 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 front court is just I don't know if it's a, it's a, if it's an effort thing they're just not a, they're not physical um, you know we saw some of this last year but obviously Obi was the great equalizer um, around the rim 
I mean, the defensive rebounding is still not great. Um, you're not really getting the easy but Remember, we talked about easy buckets all last yep. year, right? None of that. Not, bro. None of that. That's gone. That's gone. It, it was. It was back to the old half court offense, no transition. Um, but yeah, Chase reminds me of the guy. I, this is another guy you always play with. The guy who inbounds the ball and then walks down the court and then. He just he sits at the top of the key. No one's guarding him because they forgot he was in the game, and he hits a three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's what it was. Him. Yeah. That's him. He's like the guy. He's the guy on your pickup team where you're like, "Hey, man, you you gonna play defense today, or like we just gonna get buckets from you?" Yeah. <laughs> and then he he just he doesn't say a word. He just shoots threes all game. Like okay, well if you keep making them, I guess that's useful. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. And also, you know, it, you know, uh, uh, I want to say it's great to see that Chase got over his concussion issues. Um, That's it's it's, uh, great to see him healthy. I'm sorry, the syndrome. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, look, do they win that game tonight without Dirt Road? I don't know. I mean, those are some key buckets. But you said, I, I mean, it is, it's a bigger point for me is that it, it just doesn't seem like these guys down low want to bang. They don't seem very physical. They don't seem, the effort might be there, but you know. I think be, Jordy wants to bang. Right. I was, <laughs> that's the point I was going to make. Jordy can bang. I don't think he knows how to play otherwise. I think he bangs just by instinct. <laughs> he just bangs to bang. Like he just bangs himself around and like considers it banging. Right, but Jordy's banging. Either way, baby, he's yeah, banging. He doesn't even know what he, he doesn't even know why he's doing it. He's just like, this is who I am. But <laughs> yeah. like, it, you know, and it's not a slam against Jordy. He is who he is. But we just don't have um, Chase Johnson is our most athletic big by a by a mile. I mean, that's it's not even, close. which is a problem to be quite frank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's all great because because I'm watching the game tonight, and yeah, you're seeing kind of flashbacks to last year where. You know, the, the opposing team seems to be getting all the loose balls and a lot of offensive rebounds. And yet, then you start just scratching your head thinking, is this an effort thing? Is this a, you know, uh, fundamental not boxing out thing? It, it, I don't know what it is, but it, it's going to be it's going to be a problem this year if it, it keeps up. Yeah. And Drew I, I want, Drew, I wanted to kick it over to you, but I wanted to, to jump in very quick with uh, like one sequence that really like capped off how different this team is. And it was uh, I think it was one of the first possessions. They went down low to Sissoko. He had his back to the bucket. He made a great move and he was like kind of past his man. And I'm like, all right, just make that second move. You're in like, you know, Obi would do a million times last year. Right. He's got the ball, twisted his man around. Boom. Two points. Let's go back to the other end. And he. He made the first move. It was great. And then his second move was a turn away from the bucket. And he took like a contested one handed shot from like 12 to 15 feet away. And it obviously didn't go in. And I was like, oh, OK, the easy bucket train is over. Okay, that got that was the that was the shot that the announcer described as uh, as dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> dramatic, yes. I, I laughed out loud when he said that. Like, yeah. A very dramatic shot. Um, <laughs> Never heard that before. But uh, just, like sticking with the front court. uh the thing with uh, the thing I'd like to see Chase do more is when they went to that zone, we really struggled with getting somebody to flash up to the middle and kind of be that roaming presence to get the ball moving around. And I know one time Grant ripped out uh, Sissoko because he was just standing on the baseline, and Crutcher didn't have anybody to get the ball into the middle to. In the very next possession, Sissoko came to that like right to the free throw line. They got the ball inside. He kicked it out to Crutcher for a three. So. I would like to see Chase kind of become like if a team goes zone on us. Because that, that's where I kind of thought we struggled tonight was against when they went zone. We really struggled against their zone, which you wouldn't think. Like, we tore zones apart last year. 
And you need that player right in the middle to get the ball moving around. Uh, and Jordy, you know, God bless him. You can tell, you know, he plays hard. He, he gives effort. But he might be the worst finisher from two feet I've ever seen. <laughs> well, mean, he's the worst finisher from two feet that's six foot eleven. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> like I just he made that like twelve footer, like nice twelve footer jump shot in the lane, and he missed like five layups tonight. A couple of that he got. That was pretty. Yeah, he's got like decent form, and but just a couple of the ones like around the rim, you're just like, man, that wasn't even that wasn't even close. So, yeah, and I like his effort. Yeah, but and again, I think like the rebounding issues, it comes down to effort. And I think you're going to have to have the guards go in and scrap a little bit more than you did last year. Because last year, you know, you'd see Crutcher leak out. You'd see Ivy leak out. You'd see Obi leak out. You're not going to see as many leak outs this year. You're going to have to gang rebound and sacrifice some transition to do so. I agree. Um, wrapping up on the Rapid Reaction podcast, and hopefully you liked our rantings after game number one. We're not overreacting about anything in particular, but it was great and therapeutic to get on the mic and just kind of you know put this stuff out there. A reminder that you could listen to Talking Out Loud later this week with Ryan Lykesell and the mayor of Dayton, shameless plug. But anyway, on we go. As we wrap up on Rapid Reaction, I I wanted to highlight like the three areas I kind of focused on as I was watching the game. And I want to tell you guys this. You, the players have to get into their routines, right, of course. But I have to get into my routine as a fan, too. And I felt very um, discombobulated tonight. I just wasn't all there, guys. Like, I usually have my routine where I'm able to put the computer down a little bit. And then I, I get on when there's timeouts and I don't typically look at it when there's game action. So I can focus on things that are going on because watching the game and really watching the game are two very different things. And, and I just, I felt very disjointed tonight guys. So the team was kind of, you know, hammering out their lumps. I was doing the same thing, but rebounding and the, the effort around rebounding was certainly, you know, um, a secondary point. Number one was the minutes that Christian Wilson got. Number two had to be the rebounding. And, and frankly, number three was the closeout D. Um, I, I thought that Eastern Illinois was able to get their way back in the game because they were they switched the floor with passing, and then we just didn't have the closeout D there. I think that number three is probably the most correctable thing that we did tonight. Um, but going into the season, we said the front court's going to be an issue and we have to figure it out fast. And frankly, we didn't really get any more answers tonight. Um, I, I think Sissoko is going to keep being a work in progress. That's fine. And we're going to have to rely on Chase Johnson. I mean, I we love dogging the kid for his Instagram picture, but going into the, the night tonight, I would have taken money on him getting a double-double because I quite literally think he's that important because if he's not that integral to the game plan, I just don't know where Dayton comes up with their extra rebounds. And frankly, like Blackburn just said, uh, scrapping down low. Um, and when I went to school, right, they had guys uh, like Chris Wright and Curry Hulsen were not the best rebounders, right? But it didn't matter that much because Chris Johnson was like one of the best rebounding guards we've ever had. I'm only bringing that up because there has to be something else to stir the pot here. Like we cannot rely on these two guys to get the job done. And the problem, the big problem that I see is that that Chris Johnson rebounding guard doesn't exist. Like, and that's not a knock. Like uh, Rodney is a defensive specialist. Jalen's supposed to be the floor general. Who's the first one back on defense to prevent the fast break. And Ibby's a pure scorer. Like he's not a rebounder. He's not going to lock you down on defense. He's fine in those areas, but he's not exceptional. So, 
my big beef tonight was really just kind of looking down this roster and sure the depth issues were there, but where are we going to get rebounding? And with an Anthony Grant offense, it doesn't emphasize rebounding. I just see that as a huge concern moving forward. Blackburn, what's your final thoughts for the rapid reaction tonight? And um, it did fly by. It really did. It did. Um, You know, quick thing is that we got to get the ball in Crutcher's hands more. He played a little bit, I think, too much off the ball. Yeah. I mean, you got to, he's got to, he's got to start a drink. He's got to have the ball in his hands more. Um, That goes without saying. Um, You know, Dayton didn't shoot the ball poorly. Um, you know, no. and that's always one of those things where you, you, you go at the end of the game and you assume Dayton kind of struggled offensively. They really didn't. It was just one of those games where 51% from, from field goal, uh, 46% from downtown. Yeah. And look, Eastern Illinois got, you know, a lot of points in the paint tonight, which is kind of surprising because usually you figure a team like that is just going to jack from three, uh, hope they can get hot and keep it close, but they kind of chipped away. Uh, going inside, going at guys. I mean, it was kind of, um, that was discouraging. And then the last note, obviously, is that the one thing we have solidified is the walk-on depth chart. It's Christian Wilson and then Cameron Greer. (laughs) (laughs) If it comes down to the trillion club, one minute and zeros across the stat sheet, we know who's getting the trillion, and it ain't Christian Wilson. I'll tell you right now. Drew, bring us home for tonight. Um, you know, my final thoughts is I'd like to see us get a little bit better uh, in transition when we have the chances. Felt like we were a little disappointing in transition tonight. Had some chances where we had numbers and came up empty. Uh, free throw shooting, you know, we really could have closed that game out uh, by, if you just make your free throws. Other than 68%, that, yeah, not great. Other than that, um, you know, I feel like we kind of touched on everything. Uh, be sure to check out. I will be uh, writing the recap. Uh, it'll probably be live by the time this hits the airwaves. So uh, go check that out on BlackburnReview.com. And that is all I got. Well, I appreciate all that sentiment, Drew. Um, We're going to try and do the rapid reaction show as quickly as we can. And it's basically going to come down to if everybody's around to do it. But lucky for you, I live in a place where there are no bars to watch the game currently. So I'm in the couch, you know, living room till further notice. With that in mind, I've mentioned it twice before, but in all seriousness, Ryan Mikesell is coming up uh, on Thursday with our new episode. He's going to help me break down the game in a little bit uh, better context. I can ask him some more insight onto how they handled that first game going in. You know, you take your foot off the gas, but unfortunately, you know, Ryan won't be able to give me any insight on not playing in front of a crowd. On top of that, I did lock down the mayor of Dayton, Nan Whaley, to join us for a podcast episode. That's all dropping Thursday, and I am going to re-air the Nan Whaley episode, or the interview, rather, uh, on my show, um, the Talking Out Loud Hour, on ESPN Radio. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Thursday evening. On top of that, I'll finish out the rapid reaction by letting you know the pregame show Live pregame show at Tim's this Saturday, 11.30 to 1.30. We're doing it big. We're doing it live, and we're doing it for the next three weeks. I hope you join us. Join me on Thursday. Join us whenever. We're going to be here all season. I just asked two things of you. Blackburn, what's the first thing? You got to wear red. Drew, what's the second thing? Be loud. All right. We'll catch you next time.
Big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 